Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com before history is written it's played before it's frozen in time it's fought one shift at a time before it's etched in silver it's carved in ice what happens next will last forever The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, we are back once again for another edition of Know Your Enemy. Uh, my name is Michael Beck, joined as always by Jeffrey Benedict. In our first part, we talked to uh, Gab Gowdy, a really big uh, online presence uh, Cleveland Browns fan. Uh, Jeffrey, obviously this game means a ton for them. Because the Steelers have no pressure, do you think that could, like, they could be find success in that because they're they're playing for nothing essentially. Yeah, I think we could. I I really think we could have a really good game, uh, and there's a pretty decent chance the Steelers win this. Cleveland Cleveland isn't going to know what's coming at them, like especially from the Steelers' offense uh, with Mason Rudolph playing. I don't expect the wide receivers to sit. Uh, maybe James Connor's out, but that's still like. I mean, this could be a game where you, you see Anthony McFarland get a lot of play time and maybe do something. Yeah, no, it's going to be it's going to be interesting. Now, one of the big developments I think I'll obviously be keeping an eye on on Sunday: Miami Dolphins, Buffalo Bills. That that game does have a little impact on the Steelers. Uh, Buffalo probably, like the Steelers, should be resting players. There's no reason for them not to, especially with the Steelers already announcing they are. Miami's playing for their playoff live. I think they're a much better team than the Browns and have a good chance of beating the Buffalo Bills backups if that's what it comes down to. If the Steelers end up beating the Browns, does moving up to the second seed or being the third seed mean absolutely anything? Because I see a ton of people um, online saying, oh, we still need to push for the second seed. Does that mean anything? Not really to me. Like, I don't think home and away really matters that much, especially in the playoffs. Uh, we've, we've seen Ben Roethlisberger walk into some, you know, again, walk up against some really phenomenal teams in their home stadium and just show up 
and and play out and 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 single-handedly demolish teams. Uh, so so I'm not worried about that. This defense doesn't have any difference in home and away splits. So I'm not I'm not really worried about home field uh, or really even who we play right now. There it's a mess of teams at the bottom. They're all the roughly equal. It's funny. Like I was watching NFL Network this morning, I believe it was, and they're talking about how it's like coming down to the Bills and the Chiefs. But I think if the Steelers ended up going to Buffalo, I, I think they could beat them. Is is that unreasonable? Oh, I mean, we were playing terribly against in that game. It, it wasn't like they demolished us, you know. Like it, it constantly felt like the the Steelers were there. They were they were on the right path. They just couldn't get it done. Like they they. I think if they're playing well, they definitely can beat Buffalo. Uh, the offensive line is such a huge part of that. J.C. Hassenhauer playing center was bad enough. Playing guard was just a nightmare. <laughs> like he that that game was a mess. And Ben Roethlisberger was was legitimately terrible in that game. And the receivers receivers dropping everything. It was just bad. That was just a horrible game. Uh, I'd love to I'd love to get another shot at that team. Now, obviously, before we get more of this Browns talk, but. There's going to be the wild card matchup will be determined. It, it could be five opponents. Like we will not know until Sunday's over. But is there one of these teams that are competing for an AFC wild card spot? You're like, I hope it's not them. It's still the Browns. Really? Like honestly, uh, I'm not worried about the Ravens. Like the Ravens can run on you, and you're like, okay, you you, you picked up some yards on us, but you still can't throw the ball. And like all we have to do is be able to score, and we can score on them. Ben Roethlisberger can score on the Ravens if he's not playing horribly. Uh, I think if our offensive line is intact, we can do it. We can we can beat that team. We're getting things going. Uh, it doesn't really matter to me. But but with Cleveland, with their play action, uh, and with Nick Chubb, they they concern me a lot more uh, than the Ravens do. Interesting. Now and of course, playing back to back games. That's a huge factor. So I I, I totally see that yeah. too against the same team. Uh, continuing the same vein though, I, I can see a world where Baltimore ends up being the seven seed. They play Buffalo. They're red hot. We got to give the Ravens some credit. They go into Buffalo, say they beat the Bills, then they're going into Kansas City. Is it possible that the Steelers could have like the AFC Championship game at home against Baltimore? Is is that something that's feasible? Oh, that's absolutely feasible. We've seen uh, we've seen this. We've seen Harbaugh take a team that lost four of its last five games and win the Super Bowl. We could very feasibly see, you know, the Ravens roll through some people. Kansas City, like, they haven't won a game by more than six points in a while. Like, they're not really putting teams away. Uh, Buffalo is one of those teams that they are – they're similar to the Ravens were, have been, you know, that their offense is killer, but their defense is, can barely get out of its own way. And I think we played that – offense actually cruelly well against against Buffalo. If we had scored some points, if we had, you know, run the ball with them, if we had been able to score with them, we, we would have had that game in my opinion. Uh, so they, the Bills don't really worry me that much. Kansas City, again, I don't I – don't, I'm not that scared of them. Their defense isn't there this year. Last year their defense had that great year, uh, similar to what the, the, the Saints saw in 2009, where they had that one year where their defense was really good, and they won it. Uh, Kansas City had the same thing. I don't, I don't think they're what the media is saying they are. I don't think they are what, what the talking heads are saying they are. Now, when we look at the Steelers, they played one and at one and a half really good quarters of football against the Colts, and 
really blew him out of the water. If they played that way the whole game, Ben would have lit, probably broke every single passing record there was in football. That's how well he played in that quarter and a half. Yeah. Are the Steelers back? I hope. I want to. What I want to see is Ben not on fire because he can do that for a quarter and a half. He can do that for a set period of time. He he never plays a. He, Okay, he played two games like that where he had like the 500 yards and six touchdowns. He, he played that way for a whole game once. Uh, we're not going to see that for a whole game. What I want to see is when he isn't lighting it up, when things aren't just clicking, I want to see him play smarter. I want to see him, you know, not getting out of his good mechanics and throwing really bad passes, not just sitting there staring down Deontay Johnson for half a second before he throws, like, you know, get the ball, stare at Deontay Johnson and throw it super quick and no one's open. Uh, if we see him playing smart, good football and being able to turn that on, that's, that's when we're a Super Bowl contender. That's when, that's when he wins. Now getting into this Browns game again, we talked about Mason Rudolph a lot. I, I know in the behind the steel curtain group chat, there was a little bit of talk about Josh Dobbs. Do you see him entering the field of play at all w- without an injury, just playing a series or two with the Castro not playing? Yes. I, mm. I think they end up with Dobbs in there. Because, uh, I mean, who, who's our other guard? We've got Hassenhauer plays for Pouncey. Isadora, right? Yeah. Like, who's that? He hasn't played with these guys. You're going to put him next to Chuk Sikorafor? No. Yeah, Chuk Sikorafor. And, uh, and what, like, that's just, that has me worried. Uh, so, and I think if you're getting pressure up the middle, Mason Rudolph isn't the guy you want standing in there. He, he, he tends to stand in the pocket a bit more. Uh, and I think I think we will see Dobbs at some point. I don't know if it's Mason's playing terribly, and so Dobbs gets in, uh, Dobbs replaces him, or if it's just they put in Dobbs for a few series just to see, you know, see what happens. It's funny you mentioned that too about the quarterbacks. Now I'm kind of looking at it. Miles Garrett's only three sacks off the the NFL lead, who's TJ Watt at 15. Is it possible he just comes in and just snatches the that sack uh, that sack king title away from Watt and playing up against a, a pretty pretty downright awful Steelers offensive line that we're gonna probably see on Sunday? Well, yeah, like if Alejandro Villanueva doesn't play and it's Mason Rudolph back there with uh, Gerald Hawkins, probably Gerald Hawkins protecting him. Yeah, I could see that happening. <laughs> I could really I, and like if TJ Watt doesn't play Week Seventeen, right? Alejandro Villanueva doesn't play and Miles Garrett gets like three and a half sacks. You could, could, I mean, just imagine like what behind the steel curtain would be like, just imagine what Steelers fandom would be like, what the radio shows would be like, we're like, they cost TJ Watt as defensive players. Cause you know, it would like the, they'd be like, yep. Miles Garrett gets defensive player of the year. We were going to vote for TJ, but then that one game happened. (laughs) <laughs> like the, the NFL would do that. Those people would do it. So, uh, yeah, I could totally see that happening. That would be such a Brown Steelers thing to happen. Yeah, that, that would that would leave a pretty sour taste in my mouth. Like, I know awards are stupid, but like, it's still it still kind of means something, especially when they're like your favorite players. And winning these awards matters if you want to be a Hall of Famer. Like, yeah. like it or not, it still means something. Your legacy means something. So, I will say that. I will say this though. If TJ Watt doesn't play and the Steelers are going to play the the Browns in the first round of the of the playoffs, I would love to see that be the situation in which it happens. Like the Browns win this game behind Miles Garrett going absolutely off and destroying Gerald Hawkins 
and TJ Watt sits and does and gets nothing and watches Miles Garrett take his spot from him and win the defense, you know, and like become the favorite for defensive player of the year again. Because in the playoffs, it would be worth it. It'd be like, yeah, sorry, TJ didn't get that. Why don't you go destroy everyone? Just go wreck shop and carry this team to the playoffs. <laughs> He'd have like strip sacks every play. He'd just be like like beasting. You'd see like angry TJ Hawk out and just crush everything. <laughs> see, I, I don't know TJ Watt personally, but just like seeing him play, you you kind of just know he has he's got that little brother complex. Mm-hmm. He he watches what JJ does. Like, you know when JJ's like, oh, look at my three defensive player of the year awards, and you see those funny videos, he's just like yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, TJ's like, uh-huh. And then every once in a while, J.J. Watt will be like, no, TJ got robbed, guys. He Seriously. <laughs> he, he, got robbed. he should already have one. Yeah. But I've got three and he's got zero. Sorry. Yeah. You know, like, he's got that kind of thing where he's like, no, really, you should have gotten that one, but I've got three. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it's funny. Like, it's funny how different the brothers are. Just get on a, a tangent really quick. But like, yeah. JJ is like the like the the loving, just like whatever all, almost attitude. TJ is like, it pisses me off that he has three, and yeah. until until I have four, I'm not going to be happy. It, it really yeah. is funny. So, oh, what's I mean, killed, what's killed me is watching JJ Watt this season with TJ and Derek both on the Steelers and them winning, yeah. and him on a team that has just completely lost its way. And and you see how much winning matters to JJ Watt uh, and TJ. We we have never we we fortunately haven't had to get have that moment with TJ because he they have always been in a chance like up until through week seventeen we, last year week seventeen they had a chance to make the playoffs. So yeah. like TJ Watt was never in that position and he absolutely destroyed people last year trying to get the defense in the playoffs. Just trying oh, to be yeah. like this defense is going to carry this team to the playoffs. And they couldn't, obviously, because you do have to score points on offense. Yeah, yeah. Hey, two years in a row, the Steelers choked out of the playoffs in Week 17. So yeah. it, it's not uh, it's not one of those things where TJ's really experienced a whole lot of losing. And that's well, one of my most popular tweets ever. Uh, 3,600 likes this past week was uh, tagging JJ Watt in a picture of his brothers uh, wearing uh, AFC North uh, Championship T-shirt, saying, "Oh, you're going to be in this photo next year." And, Honestly, if the Texans cut him, I could see him play for next to nothing for a chance to win, be it in Pittsburgh yeah. or wherever. I like, I, I think that's something we might actually see happen with him, but that's a completely random tangent we just ran off on. But uh, swinging it back to this game and trying to keep it on, on the same uh, genuine topic for outside pass rushers, it kind of looks like Cassius Marsh and Ola Denny would be the starters in if uh, if. Watton highs. I I highly doubt Alex Highsmith would get a, a week off, but if he if he were to, it'd be a, a Danny and Marsh. Does that pass rush like? Or do you think those guys are going to get a sack? Like even one sack? Does the sack streak die this week? I don't think it dies. I think Tuitt's going to play, and I think Highsmith's going to play. Um, but even if they don't, man, I can tell you, I actually really like Cassius Marsh. Uh, I like Cassius Marsh's game. He was very active on the field in his few snaps. He had that enormous hit on special teams. He plays like what the Steelers want their backup linebackers to be, like kind of what I I think Tomlin wishes J. Ron Elliott was, that kind of guy who will will make a big hit every once in a while. What what, uh, Anthony Ciccolo was there for for a few seasons when he he made plays on special teams and then he'd come in on defense and play better than most backups. Uh, but I think Cassius Marsh, he shows he shows actual athleticism. They had him dropping into coverage, something they never do with Ola Adeniyi. So Cassius Marsh, I would not be surprised if uh, 
say it's Highsmith and Ola Adeniyi starting, I would not be surprised if you saw Marsh uh, take a lot of snaps. A lot of snaps for Ola Adeniyi. You know what? I, I With that hit specifically, when I saw that happen live, I'm like, that play probably just bought him a spot in training camp next year. Yeah. Like, legitimately, that was, a, that was a really big play, a momentum shifter of sorts as well, laying yeah. hits like that. And he actually... He's been a pretty good pass rusher his entire career as a as a third down guy. He has 14 sacks and he hasn't been in the NFL very long. Yep. He's ridden the pine the last couple of years too. He's he's someone who could potentially play next year as a rotational piece and I wouldn't be surprised by that in the slightest, but when you look at this team as a whole, how many guys do you actually expect to rest? Cam Hayward is definitely going to rest. Uh, DeCastro, Pouncey. Anytime Ben Roethlisberger's out, like, why are you playing Pouncey? Like, we all saw in 2019 he had an absolutely awful season. This year he's so much better. Yeah. Uh, how many how many bad snaps has he had? Only like a couple. That's the normal number. Last year was all the time. Uh, so him him and Ben kind of are locked together. So I I really he's out. He's done. Uh, DeCastro I expect to be out. Villanueva. He never, never is out. Never. And I think that's him. I don't think that's a coach decision. I think that's him being like, no, you know, my team's out there. I'm playing. Like that he has that. Like, I don't, I don't know how many people know military families. Like, I grew up with a kid who's from a military family, and like he would he would fight with a coach. Like he was hurt. He could the doctor was like, you can't play. His coach is like, you can't play. And he was ready to fight the coach. Like to be like, I can play. I'll show you I can play. And you're like, dude, you need to chill because they have that mentality. I can see that being Alejandro Villanueva. So I could see him playing. Uh, I could see them talking to him and being like, no, you are going to sit and him doing it. I mean, he's not going to raise too much of a stink. I, that was one I can see going either way. Um, I think Tuit plays. I think Stefan Tuit plays. Uh, and I think just because like they don't, you can't go in there with Alu Alu. Uh, Bugs was a healthy scratch, so we'd have him like Carlos Davis and Mondo. I mean, I guess you could, but that's that's not enough bodies. That's really that's four bodies. You you really can't do that. Someone's got to be active. Uh, so I think two. It's active. I think TJ Watt plays. Uh, I will. I I think Hayden Hayden will be out. I think everyone else plays. I think you see Nelson to it. High Smith. I think you see. I, I'm going to go with Alejandro Villanueva playing too. One thing I think we might see is like make a Fitzpatrick on the bench and Sean Davis plays the game and just like as a emergency type player. I think that's something we could potentially see happening. But with you mentioning Alejandro Villanueva, there's been reports all year long that he's been planning to retire after the season. So this could be his last regular season game. So if the coach is like, hey, you're sitting, he could be like, this is it for me. Like, yeah, uh, no, like uh, I have an Ironman streak. It means something to me. I'm going to play like. That's Joe true. Thomas he does. Yeah. Yeah. And like one of the things I've heard a lot uh, amongst NFL circles is even if uh, DeCastro De struggling, it's like he, you can't take him out. It, it's his, it's his job. It, it's like, if, if he's playing bad, he's got to pull himself for playing bad. He's not going anywhere. So uh, a lot of these offensive linemen, like you're saying, it's like, it's kind of their choice, but I think I agree with Ben being out that Pouncey's going to be like, all right, now I'll take the week off too. And, Again, I guess we also got to remember that bye week never really happened. So yeah. 
do, do you think it means more because they haven't had a bye week that guys might be more likely to take a week off? I absolutely do think so. Uh, and with Pouncey, uh, he was drafted in 2010. Yeah. Like that at, as a center. Centers don't last like that. Like that's one of the crazy things people don't realize about Marquise Pouncey is he's been a, this is his 11th year playing center. He started from year one. This is his 11th year playing center. That is rough. Uh, and, and honestly, Marquis Pouncey could be like, no, I'm playing. And Mike Tomlin would be like, no, you're not. <laughs> like, like he just say like that. It would just be that like, no, no, you're not. Ben's not playing. You're not playing. Uh, yeah. I, I David DeCastro, I want to, I want to go out here and say this. He played better this past week. He was substantially better. There was, and really what turned the game around is when the Steelers realized they didn't have to double DeForest Buckner. They didn't have to at all. Kevin Dotson handled him one-on-one. David DeCastro, as bad as he has played in previous weeks, handled DeForest Buckner one-on-one. DeCastro is coming around. He's doing better. So I love the fact that he could sit this week and get like, just, just get yourself back. You know, you're, you're back. Like, you know, maybe he was 50, 60% before. Now he's maybe up to 80%. You get yourself up into the realm where you're back to being an asset to this line instead of a guy where like, Oh gosh, DeCastro is getting pushed into the backfield again. You know, he, he was doing better this game. Get him back, man. If, if, if DeCastro, Dotson, and Pouncey are ready to go for the playoffs, this team is dangerous. Uh, this is off topic, but exercise that kind of just popped in my mind. Ezra Nehemiah says Pouncey is a Hall of Famer. Say lightning strikes. The Steelers do end up winning the Super Bowl this year. I'm, I'm going to list a couple names at, at you really quickly. You tell me whether or not a Super Bowl ring makes them a Hall of Famer. So first one, Marquise Pouncey. I think he's a Hall of Famer. He doesn't have to win it. He's a Hall of Famer. About yeah, David DeCastro. Mm. See, that's a problem. I think I think Pouncey makes it because he's a center, and he has all those records. DeCastro would be rough for them to put two offensive linemen from that team in there. So I'm going to go no, Ooh. or at least he would have to wait. And like we've seen with Fanica. you know, I don't think DeCastro is quite Alan Fanica. If DeCastro doesn't get in early, I don't think he gets in. Yeah. Yeah. No, I see that too. Now, obviously, Ben Roethlisberger, he's already going in no matter what. Three yeah. rings just like is a solidifier amongst all solidifiers, although he's already a lock for that. Defensive side, two guys popped to my mind uh, Joe Hayden. Joe Hayden, I think Joe Hayden, a Super Bowl actually makes a huge difference for him, especially if he makes, continues to make some picks in the playoffs. Like, as I say, he picks off like, you know, somebody in the playoffs, Patrick Mahomes or, or Lamar Jackson, like at a big play, Super Bowl absolutely is is all he needs. Like he needs something there to be like, I did something in the postseason because the Steelers haven't done a lot in the postseason since he's been on this team. They really haven't. Uh, so a, a nice postseason run even would be of serious help to him. Super Bowl win would put him over the top. Cam Hayward. Absolutely. Another same case. Uh, if they win the Super Bowl, you're going to look at this team and say, look, you know, this is Cam Hayward's defense. I think you'll 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 get T.J. Watt and Minka Fitzpatrick, but but Cam Hayward will suddenly get a ton more credit than he does, even now if if they win the Super Bowl. Yeah, like the younger names, it's kind of hard because they don't have the resume. They could retire tomorrow. Like if T.J. Watt retired after the season, he's probably not making the Hall of Fame, even if yeah, he's the defensive player this year of the year. If he was a Super Bowl MVP, he, like it, it's still not enough of a resume. But is there any other names? 
Stefan Tuitt, Alejandro. Is there anyone else that's sticking out that could be uh, in that group? Uh, no, not no one's. I mean, the young guy like a Minka Fitzpatrick, TJ Watt, guys like that, it would seriously help them in the future. You know, get get in. Uh, they have a shot now, so we'll see how the rest of their careers go. But no, no one other than that. I will say, I think it absolutely scuttles Antonio Brown making the Hall of Fame if the Steelers win the Super Bowl this year. Yeah, it, totally. It'll be a big black mark on him. Yeah, absolutely it would. That would be that would be cool. Uh, the, the tough thing is 2015 that the Steelers there's injuries killed that that was a Super Bowl team but we do have we do have a super chat I, I should bring up here um, this is from snowman uh, he puts five dollars in the tip jar and he says who would you rather play in the playoffs the Dolphins the Ratbirds being the Baltimore Ravens the Clowns being the Cleveland Browns or the Indianapolis Colts I'm gonna put them in order I want the Ravens the Colts then the Dolphins then the Browns Ravens first. Interesting. I really there is nothing better, nothing oh. better in this life than sweeping the Ravens. Yeah. Okay. You sweep yeah. the Ravens. It's it's and also we do we do pretty well. We do pretty well when we face the Ravens three times and win all three. So uh yeah, I'd love that. Face the Ravens the third time. Like if we face him in the first round and we stop Lamar Jackson from getting a playoff win again, uh then it's Super Bowl time. Like that's you know, it's that kind of a season. I'd love it. Yeah, I, I totally get that. But if it came to losing to a team, oh, I would not want it to be Baltimore. That that, that would just make the offseason sting so much more. <laughs> I don't think it would happen. I think I don't think it would happen just because I don't think Ben's gonna lose to Baltimore. Like he's, I like that. Like he would he would he would be out there like murdering himself on the field to win that game. Like you'd see him running for first downs like old John Elway style to be like, No, I will not lose to Baltimore. Could you imagine seeing Ben Roethlisberger at his age, his arthritic knees, yeah. doing a helicopter? Jumping, like the helicopter? Yeah, we'd all be like, no, don't do he that. He would get up. He, well, knowing Ben, he'd lay there for about 15 minutes and then come back in the play after. That, w- that would be Ben Roethlisberger. I've got broken ribs right here. Broken ribs. It's okay. I can still throw. <laughs> My back is broke. Spinal. <laughs> uh, to quote the, the great Mike Tyson. Oh, my goodness. Uh, as we get to the top of the hour here, we should get into our uh, into our uh, usual rotation of final questions. But uh, if, if you're plucking one guy off the Browns and throwing him on the Steelers, uh, who would it be? Nick Chubb. 100% Nick Chubb. Uh, the other option – no, I won't. I'll let, I'll let you say it. Go ahead. I'm going Nick Chubb. Uh, you're waiting for me to say Miles Garrett? Are you, are you going to? Uh, just because you're going to say Nick Chubb, I'd go Miles Garrett, but like the pass rush is already so good. But then you look at the Giants when they won their Super Bowls, their pass rush was three deep uh, on the edge and just insane players. So it, it's kind of hard not to go that direction as well. And and also like Miles Garrett naturally plays on the right. TJ naturally plays on the left. You would have the two best edge rushers in the game. Uh you, you didn't ask me. You've asked me before who who's better, Miles Garrett or TJ Watt, and I took Miles Garrett, and uh, I'll I'll still stick with that. I still think, oh, the whole rounded out game, it's Miles Garrett, and Miles Garrett does not have Keith Butler's blitz packages. He doesn't have Stephon Tuitt. I mean, Stephon Tuitt has ten sacks. TJ yeah. has what 15? fifteen. They've got twenty five sacks between the two of them because you can't double two guys on the same side you can't do it 
to its wrecking shop, TJ's wrecking shop, teams are just like, we. there's no way to defend that. You just can't defend that. So that gives bonus points to TJ. TJ is a phenomenal player. Uh, but I, I give, I think it's super close, but I still, I still go Miles Garrett slightly ahead of TJ. One thing before we get out of notice, well, with Miles Garrett, since he's since he tested positive for, uh, for coronavirus, he he has looked gassed a, a ton of times this year. He's he's yeah. he's been getting better, but he he looked absolutely completely blown up in, in the yeah. last couple of weeks. So something to keep an eye on a potential reason why he might not have a four sack game like uh, we were uh, worrying about earlier. But it, it, it's one of those situations to keep an eye on. But uh, Obviously, uh, X factors are our next typical question. So, uh, what would you go there? Okay, Mason Rudolph is in is starting this game. Uh, my my X factor is Matt Canada because we get to really cover this. Uh, this is my prediction for the game. I was I, I haven't gotten to say this much at all, so I'm going to steal a minute here to say it, but. The reason they abandoned all of those Jet Matt Canada packages, the reason they got away from play action, all this stuff that they practiced in the preseason, that they have used in the season, they know it. It's in their playbook. They stopped using it because it doesn't work with Ben. And Ben is good enough at his game that, you know, you design your offense and you run what he runs best. You just do that. Mason Rudolph isn't Ben. Mason last year did not run Ben off Ben Roethlisberger's offense well. This team, unlike last year, has Mason Rudolph taking over, and they have an offense that's closer to the college game Mason Rudolph played that has worked, has shown signs of working, has gotten receivers open, and helped the run game. And they've been practicing it. They've used it. It just hasn't worked with Ben. Mason Rudolph in there this year. In this game, that's my X factor. I think we're going to see a very different offense than the one we saw this past game. Yeah, and you know what? Coming to me, back to me on that. That's really tough. Like, obviously, the the two names that you mentioned, uh, Matt Canada and Mason Rudolph. That's that's really what it's going to come down to, if the Steelers are going to win this game. But let me go with one of the receivers because I, I think the three guys that get the most receiver snaps are going to be Chase Claypool, James Washington, Ray Ray McLeod. I'm going to go with James Washington because obviously those guys should have the most chemistry between a- any receiver that Mason Rudolph is throwing to in the Steelers team, but Flat out last year they weren't really on the same page. I know it was it was it was Hodges and and Hodges and Washington had the better connection. So who knows? Like obviously Ray Ray and Chase aren't guys that have worked very much at all with Mason Rudolph outside of practice. So James Washington might be the the guy. I'm kind of suspecting uh, Deontay and Juju are kind of guys that come in relief, don't play a ton of snaps. Like they will play, but I I think James Washington potentially is in line for a big game. So kind of looking towards him to have a big one. That's why he's my X factor. So Jeffrey, to top the show off, uh, what is your score prediction? Uh, It's it's Brown Steelers week. Uh, I'm not not overanalyzing this game. Uh, The Steelers are going to win this one. They're going to win it 21 to 14. Find a way. I don't know. hurts out. Wow. Yeah. Oh, it's funny. I, I'm, I was going to pick the, the opposite team of who you picked. Uh, that was kind of my, my goal going into this. Oh, it's still so tough, though. But Cleveland should win. I think, I honestly, I think they will choke because they are the Cleveland Browns. Baker Mayfield's their quarterback. I think they choke, is what it comes down to. But if I had to pick a score, 
I'll stay on brand with the uh, with the, the the betting lines and say uh, Vegas uh, got it right. I'll say I'll say the Browns win at twenty one to ten, and people will be, people will say the Browns only scored twenty one points up against a defense that rested everyone. How did they manage that? But it, it's going to be one of those things where that, that's what should happen when you look at the matchup. That's what should happen. I, yeah. st- I still think I still think the, the Browns will choke. They're the Browns until they until they don't choke. Browns are going to find a way to Browns it up. Exactly. And that's that's what I wrote about tomorrow. So make sure to check that out. But, of <laughs> course, uh, Jeffrey, uh, plug uh, plug your stuff that's uh, coming up. Okay. I just uh, I had a couple film rooms out already this week. Coming up is a Kevin Dotson film room. Uh, I've been covering a lot of stuff. Me with and with, with Dave Schofield, we've been talking about what changed. A bunch of different factors helped the Steelers' offense turn around. But the number one factor, in my opinion, that helped the Steelers turn around was the interior offensive line played much better. And Kevin Dotson was a big part of that. Uh, it's going to be a fun film room. If you like, if you like seeing offensive linemen throw defensive linemen into other defensive linemen, you'll want to watch, you'll want to look at that film room. Cause it's great. Yeah, I know. That's uh that's one I'm definitely looking out for uh, Kevin Dotson. He, he had a hell of a game last week. So I'm excited to see what he can do uh, again in another starter role. You know what? One last question, because this is something that's been bugging me. Come playoff time, say Matt Filer's back for wild card week. Do you play him at right tackle? I, I don't think you can take Dotson off the field. What happens there? I, I think Chooks is still playing really good. Um, to me, if Matt Filer comes back, he's your he's your super sub. He, he can go in for anybody. He can go in any position. You cannot take Kevin Dotson off the field and uh, saying that doesn't mean that I don't live in the fear that the Steelers would take Kevin Dotson off the field and start Matt Filer, but no, no, they can't do that. That's the Dotson is just, he is so good. He's just absolutely so good. You cannot take him out. Yeah. The the Steelers 20, uh, 2020 draft class looks absolutely outstanding this year. It's exciting uh, path to the future, but on that note, we will uh, leave you off there. Make sure you're clicking over to behindthesteelcurtain.com. Also make sure you're listening to our entire uh, family of podcasts. BTSC is coming out with hours and hours of stuff for you each and every day. So make sure you're checking all that stuff out. We we got a great lineup of hosts. Uh, As we go out here, uh, Snowman uh, does say it best. He puts $2 in the tips jar. He says, Happy New Year, Steelers Nation. Stay safe. I will reiterate that uh, on behalf of my co-host, Jeffrey Benedict. Happy New Year. We're going to bring it to you, uh, Wild Card Week, no matter what, in uh, in Rod Woodson jerseys. It's already been uh, it's already been stated. So look out for that. Excited to talk to you guys next week, and excited to find out who the Steelers' opponent's going to be on Sunday. Thank you so much for tuning in. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. 
subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.